Do you feel like you'll never be married? Are you lonely? Or are you just tired of waiting for a husband? Dr. Stephanie Ricks, inspirational speaker and author of Prayers of a Single Woman, will give you encouraging words, scriptures, and motivation to live your best life while waiting on the husband God has for you. And welcome to the Dr. Stephanie Show. Now, I am so excited to be with you all. As always, I know I have taken a break. Business, I'm a dual career. Business has picked up. I'm trying to juggle being a track mom, business, clients, all of this other, being a professor, all of this other good stuff. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you have to get back to ministering to um, the single women out there, the women of God too. So I'm back and I want to discuss something that's very important as um, we as single women, we as women of God, when we're praying for God to send us um, the man of God, a husband. So if we are women of God, we should want a man of God. We get caught up in, you know, social media, we get caught up in other things that's kind of dictating as to what we want in a man. Now, we all want a man to take care of us financially. We want a man who, even if we can take care of our own self financially, it's something about that man who, um, who comes in with everything together. He has financial wealth and very stable. We all want that, but there are other things that women of God that we should be looking for and praying for when we are praying for a husband, a man of God. We as women of God, we should want a man of God, all right? So here are the top seven things to pray for when praying that God sends you the man of God, which is your husband, the top seven things. So if you've been following me for years, you know, I have my notes. So those of you all who are watching me on YouTube, I will be looking down in my notes. So just, you know, just follow along with me. You know what I'm saying? So the top seven things uh, we should be praying for as women of God, when we are asking God for that um, man of God. First, we should pray that the Lord sends us um, a man who has spiritual leadership, including family worship of prayer and Bible study. I know personally, I want a man who I can pray with, can pray for. We get up together and have our devotion together. When things come our way that we may have issues, we take it to God. Even when we don't have issues, we're just praising and thanking God for allowing us to see another day. So you want a man who has that spiritual leadership in him, who can lead the family in Bible study, in worship, in praise. First uh, Peter 3 and 7 says, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker link, not the weaker link, as the weaker vessel and as being heirs together in the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. 
So I'm going to read that again. First Peter three and seven says, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, dwell with them with understanding. What does dwelling mean? It means stand with your wife. So we want a man of God who's going to stand with us. Lord, send me the man who's going to stand with me, who's going to understand who you created, who's going to understand me, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel. Now, when we talk about weaker vessel, this doesn't mean that we are weaker um, or, or lower than men or can't do things or we are just weak. If it says weaker with the ER, this means that the man has some type of weakness within him. Peter is saying the weaker vessel, meaning a vessel throughout the Testament, throughout the Bible, a vessel meant what? It, it, meant, the, it meant the physical body. So men are in essence stronger than we are as women. So give it honor to us just for, you know, who we are, who God created us to be as the weaker vessel, as it compares to a manly figure, right? A man. And as being heroes together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. So Peter is saying, listen, I need for you to understand, to dwell with your wife so that your prayers, man of God, will not be hindered. So we want to pray for a man who has spiritual leadership, including family, worship of prayer, and Bible study. I remember growing up, um, and I was one of those little sassy little girls or whatever, every single morning before we got ready to go to school, it was, my, um, it was myself, my sister, my, my brother, my mom, and dad, before we um, took off for school and work, we will have to get in a circle, hold hands and have prayer together as a family. We went around and everyone would say, you know, a prayer. And this, those are the things that have still been instilled with me. You know, my dad instilling that in us being that spiritual leader, that spiritual guide to say, okay, we as a family, we're going to sit around, we're going to, you know, sit, sit together or stand up, hold hands, and we're going to pray before our day starts. That's the type of spiritual leadership, and that is still within me. That's the type of spiritual leadership that women of God, that we should be looking for in a man of God. We want that spiritual leadership in that man. So number two, personal affirmations. We want to pray that our husband, that our man of God has personal affirmation. Now, Ephesians 5 and 25 says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself to her. So this is saying we want a husband who's going to love the heck out of us. We want a husband who's going to love us even when we mess up love us. Even, you know, when we say things that we are not supposed to say, love us through our pain, love us through our joy, love us all of the time. 
that his love for us never wavers. That is the type of man that we should be praying for as women of God. Okay, so moving right along. Number three, number three, that he is giving us or have tender, loving care, including touching, courtesies, and loving words. Now that loving words goes back to the personal affirmation, but tender loving care, including touching courtesies and loving words. Now I understand that some of you all, your love language may not necessarily be um, um, touch, physical touch, because my love language really isn't physical touch um, at all. But these are some of the things that we still want or should want in the man of God. Proverbs 5 and 7 says, as a loving deer and as a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. So what does this mean? Every single part of me from my head down to my pinky toe should satisfy my husband. He should not have to lust for anyone else, look at anyone else wishing that he was with this other woman because we are praying that we are enough for our husbands, for our future husbands, okay? We are enough. We want everything about us to be satisfied at all times. We want him to be enraptured in our love right? He's not looking or seeking anything else, only to be with the woman who God designed him to be with, right? Those are the things that we should be praying for. Okay, so we are down to number four, intimate, sensitive, and understanding communication. Intimate, sensitive, and understanding communication. So Psalms, uh, um, the Song of Solomon 2 and 16 says, my beloved is mine and I am his. He feeds his flock among the lilies. So what does it mean to have this intimate, sensitive, and understanding conversations? Throughout, now I've never been married before, but I have witnessed marriage. My parents will be married for 43 years this year. My grandparents who are still living 69 years and my parents, uh, my grandparents before they died over 50 years. So I have witnessed marriages. I have witnessed conversations that may not be as pleasant as other conversations. And we need to have or want or should want our husbands to have that understanding and be able to have those intimate, sensitive conversations and communication with us at all times. We should be, we shouldn't have to go other places to have conversations, right? I have witnessed also people who are married, who goes outside, who go outside of their marriage to have that those intimate and sensitive conversations. If I'm married, if this is the man who God has for me, I want to be able to have those intimate and sensitive open conversations with him at all times. I shouldn't be afraid. I shouldn't be nervous. Even if you are afraid and nervous, pray and ask God to get this fear of nervousness out of you. Ask God to allow him to open his heart to hear the things that you have to say when those intimate and sensitive conversations come up. Because 
text messages, emails, all of that stuff, all of the ways that DMs that we communicate now, it can come off as um, insensitive or the way we are feeling may not necessarily come off in written text, right? So we should want to be able to freely talk to our husbands with respect though, but freely talk to him and, and hope and pray that he has that understanding to be able to have those intimate conversations with us. All right. So I think we're down to number five. Um, we want to pray and ask that we, that he has the integrity worthy of respect and transparency so that nothing is hidden. This kind of goes hand in hand with the communication part. Genesis 2 and 5 says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So we want a man to have that integrity, right? Worthy of respect. So even when we're not, even when he's not dwelling with us side by side, remember we go to uh, back to first Peter um, three and seven, even when he's not dwelling with us side by side, meaning that he could be somewhere else at work, having lunch out with the boys. He still has that integrity in him that he's not going to do anything that's going to compromise his relationship with his wife, right? He's going to always be worthy of respect. He's not going to do anything that's going to even question him as a man, as a man of God. Question or have people to even think that he's giving any type of disrespect to the woman who God has designed for him. Integrity worthy of respect. So this man right here, we want a man who we can say, look, I respect him. There's no doubt in my mind that when my husband goes step out of this house to do whatever it is that he needs to do, I respect, he's worthy of the respect. I trust him. He's going to be trans, even if things come up that he's like, oh, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that. He's going to be transparent with me as soon as possible. So I won't have to hear it from anybody else. These are the type of things that we should be praying for women of God, not the money, not the degrees. Now, listen, I used to be stuck on education and degrees. My husband had to have that education. My husband had to have, you know, uh, finances up to here. Nothing wrong with that. But we need to be looking inside of that person. What is the morals and the values that this man carries on a daily basis that's outside of the front? You know, when, when, when no one is looking, when no one is looking at him, how does he handle himself when he's alone? You know, so those are the things. Now, now let's move on to number six. Number six, this is the sixth thing that we should be praying for when we are praying for the for God to send us the man of God, honey. Uh, provision and substance as well as protection. Genesis 2 and 15 says, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it, right? We do want a man who's going to protect us, who's going to be that provider, our earthly priest, right? Provision. What is it that he's seeing in himself? Where is it that he's going to go? I need some type of vision because if you're coming to me saying that, you know, God told me that you're my wife and, you know, I want to, what's your vision for your life? Because I need to be on board because as a help meet, I need to be able to help you. 
I need to be able to, to push you forward. I need for you to tell me your vision for our family so that I can amplify your vision so that I can fall in line with the things that God has told you to do with our family, right? So we can both have a like mindset. So what is your vision? What, what do you want out of life? So provision is substance. If we're just having conversations about money, cars, and clothes, that's no substance. I need to know what your relationship is with God, right? Are you even trying to have some type of relationship? Are you trying to worship? Are you trying to build with him? Are you trying to have some type of understanding of God and apply that understanding to your life? Those are the things that I need to know. Money, cars, and clothes, mansions and stuff, that's all good, fine and dandy, but who are you inside? What is your substance? What is your foundation? How is your family life? And even if your family life wasn't all what you or he would have it to be, if it wasn't a good family life, what have you done since you have become an adult to build some type of substance and foundation within you, right? So the very last thing that we should be praying for women of God um, when we pray that God sends us our man of God, is commitment of loyal devotion. Um, Ecclesiastes 9 and 9 says, live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun in your days of vanity, for that is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all of the days of your vain life. I want a man who's just gonna live joyfully with me, who's gonna be devoted to Stephanie Elaine Ricks, not Dr. Stephanie, not Dr. Who's going to be devoted to Stephanie, to Steph, who's going to be devoted to me in all of my, all of the variables within my life. You're going to be devoted. We're going to be devoted to each other. So those are the things I'm going to go back through them real quickly. The things that we should be praying for women of God, when we are asking God to send us our man of God, the things that we should be praying for. Number one, Spiritual, this is just a recap, spiritual leadership, including family worship, a prayer, and Bible study. Number two, personal affirmation. Number three, tender loving care, including touching, courtesies, and loving words. Number four, intimate, sensitive, and understanding communication. Number five, integrity worthy of respect and transparency, and transparency so nothing is hidden. Number six, provision and substance as well as protection. And number five, commitment of loyal devotion. So those are the seven things. Add those into your prayer life when you're asking God to send you that man of God, all right? So I hope this little short show has been helpful for you all. I hope that you all will incorporate these seven things into your prayer life when you are seeking a husband or when you are asking God for a husband. I hope that 
I pray that you are not allowing social media and other people, friends and family to tell you what you need in a husband if it doesn't align with what the word of God is saying, right? We want to make sure that the things that we are praying for and what we are looking for in our husband aligns with what God, with the man, what with the word of what the word of God is saying. You know, y'all, I get so emotional. I get so attached to the word. Sometimes my words get jumbled up. But we want to make sure that what we are praying for aligns with what God has already told us right? All of his promises are in this Bible, all of his promises. So let's tap into his promises. Let's start praying for the right things and looking for the right things in a man, right? In that man of God. So until next time, please apply all of these, um, these tips in your prayer life and watch God work. God bless you.